I've decided that I'm not going to say anything today that you need to cut out. I'm just going to get straight into it. Right, well, hit me with your best shot, <laughs> Pat Benatar. Oh, I love that you've mentioned Pat Benatar within the first minute of this podcast, of this episode of Midlifing. Didn't say that I was going to say things that didn't need cutting out, did we? Uh, that's a good point. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. I think I'm going to have to shave my arm here. Okay. I'm going to need a lot more information. <laughs> because as I talk, I'm, well, yesterday, yesterday for the first time, I was working a big, bigger chunker, lunker of dough. Aha. Uh -huh. It wasn't, you know, massive. It was six kilograms. That's quite a lot. It's certainly a, it's certainly a step up from what you and I would normally, you know, maybe yeah. one and a half, yeah. maybe two kilos. Yeah. And um, when you're working with that amount of dough, you're just flour. I've got so much flour just knotted in my arm here. And so I've just, it's just for the last 24 hours, I've been picking out bits of, you know, deeply ingrained flour. And it hurts every time, like pulling off a plaster, basically. Okay. Is it not time to think if you are scaling up production to that amount, you might need to explore a mixing option that doesn't involve your arms like a like dough a dough mixer a dough mixer yes uh the thing is no yes okay the yes thing and is no yes yes the thing yeah yeah no yeah no as they say in uh, new zealand yeah no nah. uh yes if i were let's say mixing 50 kilograms right but that is not going to happen because then I would be standing in front of my oven for about 48 hours straight. <laughs> mm. And so, and also I just wanted to, you know, get a feel for what it's like to hand mix that amount of dough. And painful is one response. Well, painful after it was all fine during it was, you know, mm. it's all, it was just all dandy until I, the, the flour, the, <laughs> the dough started to dry into my arm hair. Mm, that doesn't sound fun. Oh, it was fun, but it was really what a well. Let's not won't talk about it too much. But yes, today I um, I'm going to sell bread, and by the time this podcast comes out, in fact, I, I'll uh, my, I'll have a very basic website up. And how many loaves have you got for sale today? <laughs> well, I'd love to say eighty, but it's eight. <laughs> <laughs> I th I think I make a grand total of seventeen pounds fifty less costs. <laughs> it's fair to say I am not giving up my day job quite yet. Not yet, no. no. <laughs> but yeah, great fun. And where where's your? I was going to say where's your market, um, but obviously Coventry. But I was thinking where. Will you be peddling your wares? Well, I don't really. W h e r w a r e s. Thank you. I um, did you say -E 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 -E
No, I said I actually said W H E R because I forgot to put the E on the end, and then I said W A R E S. So I did spell wares correctly, but I completely forgot that where has an E on the end. Uh, My uh, voice is very low today. I don't know what's happening with it. Is it? Uh, yeah. Am I recording? Yes. Uh, well, you, oh, I crap. did. You're not recording. I don't know. I'm just a bit scared now because you said, am I recording? And now I'm not sure if I am. Surely. You wouldn't have started. Oh, I am. I am. I did have, I just had a flashback to Juarez, all those um, cracked, that cracked software in the 1990s, you know, just having to find cracks for the software and, oh, oh, the amount of time I spent hunting for software cracks online. I am pretty confident that nobody who's listening to you knows what you're talking about. Juarez, you just uh, do a quick duck, duck, go search if you're listening and you're interested. Well, hmm. Anyway, W-A-R-E-Z. That's an not an... what I said. So where are you selling your bread? <laughs> I am not selling it in the sense that I'm just taking it to a shop who is selling it on my behalf. A shop. Ah. Yep. They just, what, they've, um, it's called Cogs. It's a zero waste store in the Coventry market. Yeah. And so I just gonna, I'm just going to take it down there. And that's the other thing is I can't actually take many more loaves <laughs> on my back. <laughs> oh, which is why you sent me the amazing little um, trailer for your bike. <laughs> yes, uh, one day, uh, one day when I'm um, when I've got a mixer and an oven that's not um, a domestic, a domestic oven. oven, I will I will need uh, I will need a trailer for my bike. Goodness me, I'm it's gonna... all moving so fast. No, it's just it's uh, yeah. Do you think I should give notice? I think. I would drop down to a 0.5 FTE in the first instance. <laughs> it's actually a it's actually something I'd like to talk about. Oh, okay. Because not quitting my job. Um No. That's, you know, see episodes blah 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 <laughs> in the past. One through. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a conversation with an old friend. I mean, a friend who's he's not old. You have known for a long I've time. Known for a long time. Yeah, exactly. In, in Italian they put the word uh they put the word vecchio either before friend or after friend, and it signifies whether the friend is aged, old, or you've known them a long time. But I can never remember which oh, one. Oh, yeah. it's a friend, old, or old friend. Yeah, un vecchio amico one. or amico vecchio. Is, uh, that makes a lot of sense, great, yeah, doesn't it's, it? It's great, but I just can't, I can never remember which way round. <laughs> well, that's okay because it's your second language. But congratulations, Italy, for having a sensible response <laughs> to an age-old problem. <laughs> Or an old age problem. I don't know which. <laughs> Very clever. Very clever. Thanks. So, and I was this is a friend who I've known a long time. And one of the things that I said is that I don't, even though I'm quite pragmatic with money, meaning mm-hmm. I'm not profligate. No. I, you know, I, I don't have any debt and I look after it pretty well and I save money and all that kind of thing. The, the polar opposite to me. Yeah, the polar opposite to you. I mm. um, I have no money sense whatsoever. Mm. Again, polar opposite to me. Yes, exactly. And it occurred to me, because you know, and I think listeners know that I'm, well, anyway, I, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of money from my mother's estate and we do know this because we've had conversations about how much I think. Uh, I think we didn't get to the point of that there had been a resolution. I think we've had that conversation off air. But there has been a resolution to the rumbling that went on for three or four episodes about two or three months ago. Yes, about the nature of um, inheritance. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm going to get a bit of money, which is, you know, it's... Uh, 
and I think yeah, maybe off air I've said it's not it's not I'm now going to retire money. Mm-hmm. But it is because I don't I have a sense that, you know, you put money in the bank and then that's good. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But it's not so good if, you know, inflation's at a certain point where in twenty years time or in thirty years time when I most need it, like after I've retired, that that money is effectively becoming less valuable. Yes, exactly. And I don't, it's something, those things, they don't occur to me. They don't mm. occur to me. But I have an issue now, which is the most sensible thing to do with this little bit of money. And also mm. my savings would be to be thinking pension. Yes, to, of course. To be, exactly, right? To be thinking, this is, I mean, this yeah. is, this is quintessential midlifing territory. Oh, absolutely. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> and it's not something I've thought about a lot, but but certainly the idea that, uh, you know, say I retire at 65, which is the age of retirement in this country, and then I say I live in a... 67, I think. 67, sorry. When you get the, um, the national... I was going to say the National Lottery, the state pension, I think is, I think it's gone up to 67. Thank you. So, uh, uh, and, which just is another indication of how little I pay attention to those things. And say I live another 20 years from there, which I think is you know, not likely, but it's not unlikely. So, okay, so you want, to, you want to plan for 87, even if you, that's not necessarily genetically on the cards. Correct. Gotcha. And so I can, you know, I can start thinking about, well, I could live on this and how much money I... And, but then there's also a part of me now which is going, I would really like to invest in this thing which is giving me enormous, and which will continue to give me enormous pleasure, that is mm. hand-making bread. And so you can see mm. there's a problem there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And so there I'd is. like you do to... Do you go with security or do you do, do you go with joy? Well, go with also now. Yeah. Meaning what's happening in my life now as opposed to mm-hmm. so i'd like your advice i'd like you to tell me what to do goodness me i think i am singularly the worst person to ask could you get someone on who uh <laughs> we could actually we should um we should get my mum in because i think she would give good advice oh and what would she, she say well I won't. I I won't dare to ventriloquize my mother. What I will say is what she did. She, um, so my dad, before I was born, bought some shares in a mine. <laughs> really? Uh huh. I think it was a diamond mine. I, was say, I don't. I hope it don't was. A, I'm hoping it was a lithium mine because, boy. No, 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 no. I think it was it was something else, and um, and I, I think these were in the days before we understood things like blood diamonds. Um, and I don't know anything about the politics of it because um, this was all squared away long before I came into any cognizance of money. But I know that my dad. The joke was that my dad bought a couple of sh- shares off a man in a pub, and there was a sense that well, <laughs> he came home and my mum went, "Well, that's good money after bad, you silly sod." And then cut to about 25 years later, they had a bank, well, an account at a building society here in the UK, a a building society called the Abbey National. So there was a period of time, (laughs) this is so interesting, there was a period of time. Is it interesting? No, I was being sarcastic. Okay. Where banks were being were being bought up by international banks and building societies were being bought were turning themselves into banks and then being bought up by international banks. What happened was as a result my mum and dad who had a building society account with the Abbey National 
were given shares. And that sparked an interest in my mum to start playing the stock market, which made her go back to my dad's, like, 20-odd-year-old shares and go, oh, they're worth something. So she just started playing the stock market for about 10 or 15 years until she'd built a nice little nest egg for, for the pair of them. When you say playing, I mean, I know that we use that verb. Uh, mm. When it comes to stock market, the stock market, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. curious that we use that word, though, isn't it? That verb. In the instance of my mum, I think it's accurate. But do, does that mean that every morning she would, uh, she yeah. would, and then she'd go in and buy, buy, sell, sell? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And she did this. She did it for a good few years, and there was no real anxiety attached to it because her her perspective on it was it was all pretend money because. The stuff that you know, she sold some of. She sold the shares that my dad had, which he bought for something stupid like a tenner, which was a, a, a bit of money in the like early seventies. But it wasn't a it wasn't a king's ransom, mm. and so you know they'd effectively forgotten about them. And then they were given the shares as part of this um, part of this takeover, and so she never really thought of it as her money. Right. So it was playing. It was a daily kind of just like it's like she you know, it's like, like she found things. you know two two hundred pounds on the street and went well I'm going to do something with this it doesn't matter it's not the money I, it was not money I had in the in the first exactly place. so the it was someone else's I'm, money exactly <laughs> so the reason I'm saying this the reason I'm giving this context is I having said all of that out loud I think she would say live for the moment. <laughs> Even though it resulted in her being able to go, oh, I now have a nest egg to be able to live on. That's great. Yeah, but her living in the moment was playing the st- stock market. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Which, My, but it, mine's, it, mine's making eight loaves of bread for £17.50 worth of, well, it's not profit, but gross income. Yeah, ex- <laughs> okay, except, except you don't know what will happen as a result of making this decision now. You are you are still making an investment in your future. It's just a different type of investment. Hmm. And the difference about the investment that you're making, because my mum didn't put that money into a pension. She had a pension pot. She could have extended her pension pot. She could have immediately gone, I will think about the future in this way. Yeah. yeah. And she didn't. Which is she quite said, a, which is, it's a reasonably risk-averse way of thinking about one's future, financial future, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you you know that you have access to a pension pot through your job, so you could overpay into your teacher's pension. Right. So you could do the, all of those sorts of things. You could, And you can go and have a talk to your pension manager because you have one. Yes, I don't. I don't. You don't know who it is, but you've got one because th- that will happen. You can have a conversation. They will give you advice that is... Neutral. Neutral, and say, if you do this, it could be this. If you do this, it could be this. And then you can make a decision based upon it. But you know that you have the option to do that. And that will give you a version of stability. Or it will give you a version of investing in the future. But it's still not without its risks. Pensions tank all the time. Sure. It's it's also tricky because I, I did start working full-time. Well, I didn't start working full-time until I was 40. So where a lot of my yeah. a lot of my friends started as twenty or twenty three twenty four year olds, and yeah. so I, I I basically started on, yeah, I started on the back foot in the sense of, um, you know, I was a freelance uh, artist, freelance dancer, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
cash in, so cash think, out. Yes, I think if I was to if I was to think about what my mum would do, she would invest in the now. She would invest in what what is interesting and what will give you a certain level of joy. Hmm. And do you think the same thing? Hmm. I think I do. I think I do. Um, it's slightly different for me because if I if I found myself in receipt of money, I would simply pay it off my mortgage. Sure. So the investment is in the house. Yeah, because I. I while I say that you know I'm useless and profligate and all of those sorts of things I'm always at a deficit or not quite at a deficit but close to a deficit and I have very little in the way of savings because I'm servicing two properties mm. um one of which is paid for in its entirety one of which uh, has more paid off than not paid off so that debt is something that I want to clear because then i'm in a position to go okay now what do i want to do yes if if i if i want to stop working yes i don't have that's that's uh no i that's what i I appreciate yeah that's that's of course i mean and maybe you know i don't i'm not sure how interesting this is to listeners you know in part because I, i know we talk about things which are more or less we talk about things about our lives and and Hopefully, and sometimes we do that extrapolation, and or or hopefully there's there's points of access for listeners to go. Ah, it's interesting for me to think about that in terms of my own life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? But um, it does make me it it does make me think about well this curious thing, which is, and maybe I don't know if we've talked about this before, which is I've never worried about money. Yeah, I think we we I don't think we've addressed it quite as explicitly as framing it in that sentence but i think we did get quite close to it when we were talking about intergenerational wealth and legacy Mm. um and i talked about the fact that being brought up by two people who were who were brought up in poverty yeah it rubbed rubbed off on you yeah i wasn't brought up in poverty i was absolutely you know always always felt very stable and secure and as we talked about it i think even last week i had a place to run back to if i needed to there was the anxiety about the fact that generationally we were quite close to the poorhouse so i have a relationship to the idea of wealth that if i'd had children i suspect they would not be as anxious because they would look at their grandparents who lived you know, who live in a a house in Portugal with a pool and seemingly sure, sure. just yeah. funny around and rolling parents. Around yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which beer, isn't, beer isn't true. Exactly, but you know, you can. It's so I think everything like that is comparative. But the question that you ask about whether or not this is interesting to other people, I think maybe in the concrete it's not, but in the abstract, I, I hope. Yeah, it's curious because you know when I say I've never worried about money. Uh, it reminds me of we used to have this joke when I was at high school, and you know, I think um, I think I got I can't remember for sixth form English I got I got fifty two percent or maybe it was fifty four, but it was you know I scraped I scraped past the fifty mark, and I remember friends saying, "Oh, think of think of the time you wasted on those four percent. You could have just done a little less work 
just to get to 50. And we thought that was hilarious. You know, you wanted to be really super efficient, just enough to, you know, get over the line. This is, you know, high, highly ambitious human being I was academically, clearly in those days. And it, it reminds me, I say that because it reminds me of my experience growing up in our uh, thinking about the kind of our the sort of financial <laughs> ecology of our home, and it reminds me because when I say our home, I mean the, my parents and my you know brothers and sister. And it reminds me because I think my parents just got fifty got to fifty percent in terms of how much how much use how much useful information they gave to me about money. They did just enough. Because there are things that I have 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 no idea about, and that I can I hear young people talking. I've heard young people talking about it again. How is it possible that you know anything about that thing? And but the other thing about it is, I think they also they also just got a pass mark. I'm not being um, I'm not saying this is bad or anything like that. I'm just just sort of making an observation, and you know, slightly for, for comic relief as well. Is that I think they they did it similarly in terms of how much money there was around. We weren't. They weren't. They weren't wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but they certainly weren't impoverished, right? So there was this—they were really in the middle, and they—they they would. There was a sort of sense for me that they were—they were spending on us. They were basically trying to make our lives good, in in the various ways they might do that. But it's a very. Um, it was a very strange kind of existence because, like I say, I never thought I never worried about money, and I've never worried about money, but. There, there was no sense that I think that I could have. Well, maybe I could have, but it never occurred to me that I could have said to my parents, "Could you? Could I loan? I don't know, ten thousand dollars from you, or twenty thousand dollars, or thirty thousand, whatever." There's no sense that yeah. I could have done that. Yeah. Um, and again, it might have been possible, but it just didn't. It didn't occur to me that I had that kind of safety net. If indeed I did, which I suspect I did. So there's something. There's like it feels like uh, after this conversation with my friend, it feels like there's a sort of chunk of my existence which is missing and happily missing, but slightly awkwardly missing now. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm standing in front of a pitched tent right now. So is this a euphemism? No, no, it's quite literally. In fact, it's behind me. The pitch tent is behind me. And so I guess I'm standing in front of it. <laughs> Again, is that a euphemism? <laughs> no. Because, I, uh, I pitched, who's in the flat with you and, I, and why is he so excited? I pitched a tent the other day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> So I pitched a tent the other day and it stayed pitched. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, Why did you um, pitch a tent? I now can't think of it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. That's asinine. Oh, I did. I didn't catch the asininity. I pitched a tent because uh, I'm going to be um, uh, using the tent, and I haven't. I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't. It had been packed away for quite some time, and I'm glad I did oh. because I, yeah, I'm going down for some a, a workshop down to I don't know Axminster. I think that's Dorset. It is, yeah. And uh, I thought I'd rather Pick than... Pick carpet while you're there. Say it again? Pick up some carpet. Yeah, it might be hard there. to fit in my backpack, but um, I... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, there's only just enough room for the tent. And, yeah, I thought rather than stay in a hotel or a B&B or whatever, I'd um, just stay in a camping ground, which will bring a whole lot of 
joy, I imagine. But um, yeah, so I thought I'd better pitch it. And then I'm, so I'm going to spend the weekend cleaning it because it's uh, it's a little worse for wear. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I had, a, I, I, for a while, I hung around with a crowd of people who were all about fucking yurts. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, we've got this really great yurt and we're going to this lovely campsite in wherever the fuck they were going to. And I am not a canvas guy. No, this is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I am either. But uh, I've certainly had... Terrible times and tense and fantastic times and tense. But uh, I, it's just mostly because of the work I'm going to do as well. I just thought it would be really great. Oh, is this, uh, are you planting? Are you digging? Are you treeing? No, it, no, I'm, no, I'm, um, it's uh, some dancing. But we're uh-huh. going to be, we're going to be right in the, you know, right out amongst it. And I just thought like, it'd uh-huh. just be like four days. So I'm really, really uh, disconnected from, um, from. Electricity. Yeah. Plumbing. Yeah, exactly. So the question is, does a bear shit in the woods? No, but Simon does. <laughs> exactly. Although I think at the campsite, I think they might have toilets. Huh. Well, you don't have to use them, though. No, exactly. I can go, uh, yep, exactly. Feral. And on that bombshell.